0: This is All Saints Day, so I always am, I'm going to talk about All Saints, but baptism is at the center of our common life, and every All Saints Day, whether we have a baptism or not, we renew our baptismal vows, and we understand that the baptismal liturgy itself is the template that we lay over our own spiritual development and maturity. So how we understand what that means for us is important. There's some, maybe for many, some archaic language that's in the baptismal liturgy and some of it needs to be at least explained or commented on. When we use the term Satan, we do not mean the devil. We mean what it says in the original languages, which is the advocate or the adversary. And the power of suggestion in the human person is infinite. And so we pray to God for the strength and the ability to resist those things that are within us that advocate us from turning, to turn away from God and not towards God or to turn into ourselves and to not. So that's what the church means by that. And the church also means that we receive at our baptism three or a number of things that I'm going to preach about, but three very important things which are called the infused virtues. And they are faith, hope, and love. And we receive those at our baptism. The Episcopal Church is a sacramental church and it means that we now have been given the power and the ability to express to the world faith, hope, and love. And it is part of our self-understanding that that is at the center of who we are. So I also want to say something about the prayer that we read at the beginning of the liturgy where we pray in the, in the collect that we may come to those ineffable joys. There's another jawbreaker, right? Ineffable. So I'm going to tell you what it means so you have some idea. Too great, too powerful, too beautiful to be described or expressed. That's one way to define ineffable. Have you ever had a feeling like that? I bet you have, at least once in your life. Something that was too powerful, too beautiful, too great to be expressed. And so we're speaking about those ineffable joys that come with the processes of God at work in us, the movement towards sanctity. So I'm going to preach about what does it mean to be a saint, How do we get to be a saint? Why would you want to be a saint? Why does the church make such a big deal about the saints? What saints are we commemorating on All Saints Day? And how can I understand the importance of sanctity in my life, the processes of God? You know, I'll just say this up front, I may repeat myself, but All Saints Day is not just about the saints that are on the calendar of saints. They're about all the people that you and I know who are anonymous to us at this present moment, except to you, who had a particular influence on your life in a positive direction. Something that allowed you to become the human being that you're called to be. Someone that you remember, and maybe their little statements or aphorisms or uh, comments or words have stuck with you in some way, and they have allowed you to have the interior strength and self regulation that you need to meet the challenges and the opportunities that are in front of you on a daily basis. That you're able to do that. And so we think we speak about people who are saints not in some cloud cuckoo land, but here lived realities. The great writer on religious subjects and also the author of the Father Brown stories, G.K. Chesterton, said, the communion of saints means giving votes to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. It is the democracy of the dead. The communion of saints refuses to submit to the small and arrogant oligarchy of those who merely happen to be walking around. <laughs> Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. Tradition with a capital T is the living faith of the dead. So when I became an Episcopalian it was powerful to me to be in a place where this thing was way bigger than me, and it transcended even the individuals that were in the church, even the people that were alive, that we were part of a great and grand fellowship in the communion of saints. And that is very important, and we say that in the creed every Sunday, that it's important. So in the Bible, the word saint meant one who lived before the time of Christ, members of the new covenant in Christ Jesus, a synonym for the Christian faithful. And as the church became institutionalized and developed, it meant one who is in heaven with God, one who could intercede for the needs of the earthly church and respond to those needs, one who merited public honor and cultic recognition by the church. Now let me tell you how we got saints in the first place. For the first thousand years of Christianity, nobody who we call a saint on the official calendar ever went through a process of sanctification with the institutional church. The Vatican was not collecting stories about individual A in order to be able to uh, create a saint. The saints were created spontaneously and organically out of the Christian communities in which they were known. And the first group that became saints were the people who gave their lives for their Christian faith. We call them martyrs. And many great churches are... Built over the sites of the martyrdom of these churches. And as time went on, people began to realize that there were a number of Christian people that they knew and grew up with and were part of their community whose lives were of particular importance to them, who should be remembered in the corporate memory. And so they began to be part of the calendar of saints. In the 8th century in Europe, there was an emperor named Charlemagne. He was 7 feet tall. It's true. Charlemagne was the Holy Roman Emperor and he had an advisor from England named Alcuin of York. And Alcuin was a monk who ran the choir school in Aachen where Charlemagne lived. Remember, this is a little factoid you can amaze your friends with. The liturgy during the time of Charlemagne and after was in Latin. And if you sang the liturgy with a choir, the choir sang the liturgy in Latin and you had men and boys who sang the liturgy in Latin. So between the services and during the day, the boys went to school to learn Latin grammar. And so they went to grammar school, and that's where we got the term, grammar school. So Alcuin was interested in the liturgy, and he said, you know what, King? He didn't say it that way. (laughs) But you know, all over Europe, there are little locations where they've got all these saints, they celebrate them and remember them, and wouldn't it be nice to have a calendar where all the church has some sense of connection in these memorializations and these celebrations. And Charlemagne said, yes, make it so. And so we begin now to have the first calendar of saints which connects all the churches together. So in England, in York, where Alcuin came from, and in Rome, and in Frisia, and in Paris... They were all beginning now to do the same thing together in the communion of saints. I want to say a word to you about heaven. I said here, one who is with, the, with God in heaven. So uh, those of you who are here all the time know that Father Brewer has got a particular jag on now about heaven. So I'm going to say some things to you about what it means. First, a quotation from N.T. Wright, who is a New Testament scholar in England, probably one of the most famous ones in in the world now, and he was the Bishop of Durham in England for a while. And he says, Heaven is God's space where full reality exists, close by our ordinary earthly reality and interlocking with it. One day, heaven and earth will be joined together forever, and the true state of affairs at present out of sight, will be unveiled. So what he's getting at is the Christian faith in life is not about being good here so you can go somewhere else. So you get to go somewhere else. The preaching and teaching of Jesus is about how those values that we have received from that preaching and teaching can be lived realities now. And that the Christian hope has to do with the fact that those who came before us who are safe with God will come back at the great resurrection. That's what it says in the book of Revelation in the reading that we read this morning about a new heaven and a new earth and how we understand that. So if you stew and fret over the fact, where is my Aunt Nora who died? She is safe with God. Some of you may have heard the biblical passage from John's Gospel where Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions in the Authorized Version, but in the New Revised Standard Version, in my Father's house are many rooms. Mone is the Greek word, it means like a bed and breakfast. You're just there temporarily. Well, how long? I don't know. (laughs) Right? I don't know. But the biblical promise is that we're all going to come back together again. And on All Saints Day, we celebrate that reality. Those who came before us. We believe that all of those people that we loved and who have died and gone to God remain a distinct pattern of emotional, spiritual, and mental life. That's the promise of the gospel. It is what we call the Christian hope. So, how do you live this out now in the hurly-burly of day-to-day living? Amidst the, the distractions and the difficulties and the velocity of life, how would you look and say whether or not you're making any progress at all? Now, one of the things that I do on Ash Wednesday every year is to sit in the church for a while and read the baptismal covenant that we just did, and I ask myself, "How am I? Will you seek and serve Christ and others, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you continue in the apostles' teaching, in the breaking of the bread, and in the prayers? How am I doing with regard to that?" But also to do some some thinking about what, if any, spiritual progress I have made. So the question before the house is, uh, how about some things like love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control? That's one list that's in the Bible. How are you doing with any of that stuff? Has it become easier for you to do this? Or no? Do you want to do it or no? Right? Are you being able to to tolerate fools more gladly than you did before? Can you maintain the non-anxious presence in the face of the reactivity and anxiousness of other people? Do you find it easier to uh, see in your life the processes of God at work, that you become a kinder and gentler human being, that you are, it's easier for you to look at other people as made in the image and likeness of God, and to give thanks and gratitude for that. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, they talk about this as the process of deification, Theosis, in Greek. And it means that as we go on the way with the Savior, we become less unlike God. So you can go and draw a line. You don't have to make that sound when you do it. To what I tell you all the time about Father Thomas Keating, the Trappist monk. We are not God. But our true self is God. And so the process of sanctity has something to do with getting in touch with, it, with that internal reality. We believe as a sacramental church that that's given to us at our baptism. Right? Do other people have this who aren't baptized? They may. But the way we memorialize it and make it public is to do this. This so that it reminds every one of us about the fact that we're all on pilgrimage. We're all on the way. So this week, give thanks for the fact that you're called to be a saint. Give thanks for the fact that your sanctification is living into the promises of God and becoming what you already are. Give thanks for God knowing that you can live a life that is congruent with God's purposes. And finally, give thanks to God for all of the saints that you may only know. The ones that uh, uh, those of us here may not know. That have had particularly uh, important influences on your life. One of the ways we understand the concept of eternal life or life everlasting is our ability to do that. The early disciples and apostles of Jesus believed that hearing him and seeing him, a relationship was developed. And this relationship, they came to understand, would never be broken even after physical death. And they came to call this relationship eternal life or everlasting life. That's how come you know you can participate in that. You know through your memory those people who have reflected those values to the world. So give thanks for that reality and for all the saints. Amen.